Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. All right, all right, all right. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. It is a Tuesday. You're in the huddle. With Vinny Bonson, you're brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Want your calls? 702-365-9200. What are we talking about? We're talking about the draft. Of course we're talking about the draft. What else is there to talk about uh, right now? Yes, uh, free agency is still unfolding. Uh, It's kind of slowed down uh, to that let's kind of wait and see uh, point of free agency players and teams for the most part. Uh, waiting to see what unfolds in the draft, um, where teams' rosters stand uh, after the draft, uh, and then teams have a better idea of what it is that they still need, and players have a better you know, idea of where to go for the best opportunity. Uh, and I know that a lot of people have been asking about Richard Sherman. Uh, there seems to be this almost a foregone conclusion uh, that the Raiders are going to sign Richard Sherman. I'm not ruling it out whatsoever, um, but we'll see. You know, I don't think it's the foregone conclusion that uh, that some might suspect that it is. Uh, but again, not ruling it out. However, I will say, and Richard Sherman has basically uh, insinuated this uh, on a few occasions. It's probably going to be something that happens after the draft for him. Uh, teams want to again. See where they stand after the draft. Maybe they don't need uh, a veteran cornerback. Maybe they're satisfied with what they get uh, in the draft at that position and feel like, you know what, Um, we can look elsewhere. We could look at a different position. And uh, maybe as a result of that, you know, whether it's here with the Raiders uh, or some other opportunity, uh, maybe the you know a door gets closed off uh, to a Richard Sherman. However, for somebody like that or or any other uh, player, other doors will open up because of. Uh, again, where the rosters stand uh, after the draft. So as a result of all that, we're talking about the draft, and I wanted to throw this out there, kind of continuing what we were talking about yesterday. And if anything, there's even more smoke today than there was yesterday uh, about teams in front of the Raiders, uh, teams that are in the top 10 in the draft, the Miami Dolphins, the New York Giants, uh, the Detroit Lions, all of whom seem to be sending signals uh, to their brethren in the NFL, like, hey, um, if you call, I'll pick up the phone. Uh, I'll listen to what you might have to offer uh, if you want to trade up uh, to move up to the seventh pick, um, the sixth pick, uh, the 11th pick, the 10th pick. Uh, even the Dallas Cowboys uh, have indicated that uh, that people are, are at least inquiring about that 10th pick. And I, I'm throwing this question out to Raider fans. With where the Raiders roster is right now, with the fact that there is uh, depth at some positions of need, i.e. right tackle, i.e. free safety, uh, players that um, in this draft, in a deep draft for both of those positions, um, should be there you know, in that second round, in that third round, uh, for them to fill those holes. We know the Raiders have a need at right tackle. Uh, right now, if the season were to start tomorrow, uh, Denzel Good might have to kick out to right tackle, or maybe Brandon Parker is the right tackle. Uh, 
don't really feel good on a 16-game basis about either of those uh, possibilities. Uh, I think Denzel Good uh, is better suited at guard uh, at this point. Uh, I think he can definitely play right tackle, but I don't know if you want Denzel Good to be your full-time right tackle right now. I think he helps the Raiders more uh, just staying at guard. Uh, Brandon Parker, I mean, he hasn't been able to prove uh, that he can seize an opportunity. He's been given plenty of opportunities uh, since being drafted uh, here with the Raiders. Been given opportunities uh, to to show that he belongs, that he can play, that he can be relied on, that he can be a dependable, productive player at tackle. But every time he's been given that opportunity, frankly, he hasn't seized it. So if you're penciling in Brandon Parker as your right tackle next year, uh, to me, that comes with some anxiety, some concern. I don't think that that's the, uh, you know, a, a viable plan for a 16-game season. Maybe a game here or a game there. Maybe he could come in in, in, in training camp and surprise and win and battle and, and prove that he's the definitive best right tackle on this roster. If that happens, that's great. But I don't think you go into a season assuming that. So... Uh, somewhere along the line, the Raiders are going to have to draft a tackle uh, or sign one in free agency to create a little bit more of a comfort level there. Now, circling back to the draft, this is a deep tackle draft. Uh, So there will be options, whether it's in the second round or third round, for the Raiders to be able to pick somebody up uh, that can probably start day one, that you would have a strong conviction that they can start uh, day one. As far as that free free safety um, population and the depth, I'm not saying that there's as many free safeties, uh, viable free safeties uh, in this draft as there are tackles, but there are a few, um, two or three, that figure to be day one starters that should be available uh, at the Raiders' turn at number 48 and maybe even with that, maybe that first third-round pick uh, that they have. I think it's number 79. So there's... There's uh, a way for them to come out of this draft beyond the first round by, and fill those two needs, the free safety need and the tackle need, which kind of frees up that first pick uh, to be used for maybe a defensive difference maker, right? But are you going to get a defensive difference maker at number 17, standing pat at number 17, or – do you take seize the opportunity that might be presenting itself as teams across the NFL that are drafting in that top 10 are starting to put for sale signs uh, outside their office saying, we're open for business and we'd be interested in trading back, even maybe to number 17 at the right price. If you're the Raiders, and I'm going to throw this out to Raider Nation, again, give us a call at 702-365-9200, would you be interested in a trade-up scenario, I know a lot of Raider Nation uh, on Twitter and in previous calls, uh, they're more along the lines of, hey, let's trade back, get more draft picks, and still you know, be able to address the needs that the Raiders have at right tackle at free safety. I think you're still going to be able to get the tackle and the free safety later on in the draft. I don't think it's going to be prohibitive to move up in this draft. I just get that inkling uh, based on people that I'm talking to around the NFL. I think there's a way where the Raiders can swap that 17th pick for maybe the 7th pick, send a future first-round pick, uh, and maybe a mid-round, maybe a fourth-rounder this year to go move up to number 7 and get the guy that you believe is the – 
defensive playmaker of this draft. Uh, I think the way this draft is unfolding, obviously those first three players that are going to get drafted are going to be quarterbacks. Uh, The Jacksonville Jaguars, the New York Jets, the San Francisco 49ers, one, two, three. They're drafting quarterbacks. After that pick, it gets really interesting. Uh, Number one, there's still going to be two good quarterbacks that are left after those top three get taken. Uh, Whether it's Mac Jones or Justin Fields at number three, one of those two will be, be will be obviously available beyond uh, the third pick. So will Trey Lance uh, from North Dakota State. So first three picks will be quarterbacks. Then we'll see where Mac Jones and uh, Trey Lance figure after that. There's also some really good wide receivers. There's also a generational uh, tackle in Penny Sewell uh, from Oregon. So you start doing the math and you start – Figuring, you know, Trey Lance is going to get picked somewhere along the, the, the line there. One of those great wide receivers, if not two of those great wide receivers, is going to get drafted, uh, you know, somewhere within that first six, those first six picks. Um, and then that means that at number seven, maybe even number eight, you're starting to look at the fact that, hey, there's a really good defensive player, somebody that can come in day one and change the dynamic of the Raiders' defense. I'm talking about Micah Parsons. That's the guy that I'm looking at as uh, the the best defensive player in this draft, the guy that's going to be able to come in. And I'm not discounting other players. The Notre Dame uh, linebacker uh, is, is also very good. I wouldn't trade up for him. I think that there's a good chance that he would be there at number 17. And I think if you're the Raiders, uh, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromara from Notre Dame would be a fine pick at number 17. Is he the player? Uh, overall player that Micah Parsons is? I don't think so. I could be wrong. Uh, that's happened before, no doubt about it. Uh, but he is a really good player. And I think at number 17, he makes a ton of sense uh, at number 17. And he would fit perfectly in Gus Bradley's defense. The Raiders need playmakers. He's a guy that can make plays in as a run defender, as a pass cover, um, as somebody that can get after the quarterback. He's not necessarily a guy that you just Put let you know, uh, let him rush off the edge and and expect him to con, you know consistently be able to beat tackles one on one. What you're probably going to have to do is draw up plays for him uh, to create opportunities for him to go get the quarterback. But with that speed and uh, those instincts, he's going to be able to get to the uh, quarterback. So um, you know that's 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 a player that at number 17 uh, is a uh, is is an interesting uh, possibility for the Raiders. But I think Micah Parsons, uh, the thing about Micah Parsons is um, he's a guy that came up uh, in high school as a defensive end. So he literally, throughout high school, played with his hand in the ground, rushing the passer. There were times when, obviously, I'm sure he stood up uh, in a a two-point stance and and got after it uh, from that angle as well. He gets to the college. And they move him to linebacker. He all, he, I mean, this is what was a five-star recruit, so you, you know that he knew how to get to the quarterback as a rush defensive end, right? He could bring that to the NFL. You can, in passing situations, you can line him up as a rush end upright. You could put his hand on the ground and tell him to go after the quarterback. Uh, he's going to be, in, as a traditional uh, linebacker, at any of the three linebacker positions that we're talking about, he could be somebody that can help in the run. Uh, he's somebody that can uh, is too good of an athlete. I know I've heard this on Twitter. Well, can he can he defend the pass? Um, can he be a, a, a cover you know uh, pass guy? Yes, he can. <laughs> Look at his athletic ability. There's no reason at all 
with his speed, agility, uh, lateral movement, instincts, smarts, all of that, uh, that he cannot, there's no reason why he can't be uh, developed as far as a, a guy that can, can defend the pass. So he's a guy that can do all three things, I think. And um, for those reasons, that's a guy that I would consider trading up for to go get. I think he's a guy that steps in and makes a difference day one. There's all sorts of different ways that you can use him. Uh, I know the Raiders have invested a lot of money in um, uh, at linebacker, but he's just too good to pass up and I think is a compelling enough player to consider trading up. So I'm going to throw that out there uh, to you guys. Uh, 702-365-9200, would you be interested uh, in doing that? That doesn't mean that, hey, maybe there's a cornerback uh, that you like in this draft that you feel uh, is, is worth trading up for. Uh, Patrick Sertain from Alabama, J.C. Horn from South Carolina, uh, Greg Newsom from Northwestern, Khalid Fairley from uh, v- Virginia Tech. Uh, these are guys that are difference makers uh, at that position. Now, the Raiders obviously uh, went out and got uh, a, a, another cornerback uh, yesterday, so that could alleviate uh, some of that need. Um, but guys like J.C. Horn and Patrick Sertain and, and Farley, these guys are, are really, really good. And Difference makers in their own right. Uh, so would you be interested in pot- potentially trading up to get one of the premier cornerbacks uh, in this draft as well? Again, the Raiders need defensive playmakers. The guys that I'm talking about fit that bill. We're going to go out to the Raider Nation listener line. Uh, TJ wants to talk about the Raiders. How you doing, TJ? Good. How you doing, Vinny? I'm doing really good. Thank you. All right, man. Hey, so, yeah, Parsons would be amazing. Um I would like to trade up, but I think at 17, there's going to be a lot of pretty good players there. Um, you know, we got that extra third-round pick. I'm thinking more like we trade our extra third and our second to get back into, like, the bottom of the first. And, it, you know, it works out on the trade value chart there. Um, if we trade 48 and 79, we can get to maybe, like, Buffalo at pick 30. So at 17, let's grab the defensive playmaker, trade back into the first round and get our tackle. Because um, there's, you know, it's a deep class, but there's there's a drop off between some of the top guys. And then when you start getting down to the second round, you know, um, and then hopefully there's maybe a free safety in the third left for us. But I love getting the the defensive playmaker there at number 17, but just sticking there. Okay. If Parsons uh, falls, that'd be great. If not, Zayvon Collins is another option. Um, you know, but yeah, I, I do agree. We need a we need a playmaker there. Okay. So, um, what about the cornerbacks? What about uh, a Sertain uh, or a Horn or a, or, or a new, any of those guys that? I, and I don't think that you know Sertain's not going to be there at seventeen. I don't think Horn's going to be yeah. at, there at seventeen. Farley might be there at seventeen because of the injury concerns. Uh, but anybody uh, of those players uh, that you'd be willing to trade up for? And if it came, you know, who, who would you want at 17? What defensive player would you uh, uh, pull the trigger on at number 17? Yeah, I, I, get, I, I mentioned Zayvon Collins. I think, you know, he's another linebacker that's like a freak. Um, again, we do have a lot invested in our linebackers, but I think he'd be pretty good in that Sam role, rushing the passer as well. Um, but, yeah, for, as far as corner goes, 
Man, that's tricky. I don't know. I was hoping we were going to get somebody in free agency. I know, I know we just got um, what's his name? Uh, Douglas. Yeah, Douglas. Yesterday, but I don't know. I'm hoping either Sherman can come in or Isaiah Johnson maybe can step up. I know he fits kind of more of the mold of the outside corner. Um, you know, gotta hope Arnett can step up. But if not, yeah, yeah I mean, <clears throat> what's your level of confidence? What's your level of confidence in, in David Arnett? I've been trying to, you know, my the point yeah. I've, I've been trying to make is that was such a difficult year for him. Uh, he looked great in training camp, and I saw it with my own two eyes. Mm-hmm. He got hurt, and that affected the rest of his season. Um, you know, trying to play through the injury, then trying to come back from surgery to fix the injury. Uh, he just and, – and losing weight, losing strength because he wasn't able to get into the building because of the injury, then falling behind because of the injury. It's hard to judge Damon Arnett based off last year there were just so many extenuating uh, circumstances yeah i agree it's yeah we don't we don't know i, I mean that's it we don't know what we have in him right now so hopefully you know he can be the guy cuz that'd be that'd be great but i don't know man um i yeah i i would be down to trade up for for a star like parsons or one of the top cornerbacks i think that would be fine too uh, i just think there will be value there at 17, um, you know, a guy like Collins. Even if we, even if we go at Trevon Morig, I mean, I, I don't know. I, at number 17. At 17, yeah, it might be a bit of a reach, I think. But you know, there's going to be good players there. And then if we can get back into the first and get the tackle, here's another thing: is Kansas City is at 31. They need a tackle too. If we can trade up with Buffalo at 30, right in front of them, screw them over. Get the tackle they want. That'd be great too. You know, it's always yeah. It's always a good thing when you can uh, ace out one of your division rivals. Uh, that's that's never never ever uh, a, a bad thing. Or you know, you could trade back up into the first round to get Morig uh, from TCU. Uh, maybe yeah. you go. You know, you could always look at it as maybe the tackle at number seventeen, uh, or one of the you know whoever you feel is the is the the biggest difference maker still left on the board defensively. Trade back up uh, into that first round to make sure and and secure a guy like Morig, who who I think is probably going to look at some of these uh, latest mock drafts to see where he's kind of slotting uh, right now. Uh, but yeah, and then with that second round, and then, and w- then with that second pick, uh, if you don't get the tackle at number seventeen, you can get the tackle with the number seven, you know, the the forty eighth pick in the second round. So there's ways that there, you know, if you if the Raiders can get creative uh, here. There's ways that they can come out of this, those first three picks with three potentially, you know, day one difference maker making starters, and I think that that's where they are right now. They they've they've in spite of the you know the, the defensive struggles uh, last year and the year before, really, uh, I still feel like they've addressed a lot of defensive needs over these last couple of years. Uh, I w- was the defense ready to make you know. Uh, serious stands consistently last year. No, they just weren't ready. But I don't think that it all had to do with talent. I just don't. I think it was talent that wasn't ready yet. 
Um, and, and I think some of the some of what they've done in free agency to bring in uh, established guys like uh, you know uh, Yannick Ngakwe uh, and a Quentin Jefferson, guys that have have you know made plays and been parts of good defenses uh, over these last few years. Added to what the Raiders, you know, already have. Corey Littleton, I saw that with my own two eyes. I know he can play. Nick Wachowski is more than a serviceable, uh, you know, linebacker that can excel on a really good defense. He showed that with the Chicago Bears. Uh, I think Trayvon Mullen, utilized uh, correctly, uh, can be a, uh, you know, a a solid cornerback in the NFL. I'm not ruling out Damon Arnett. Now, it gets a little tricky at safety. Uh, Jonathan Abram. Um, you know, he, he needs to he needs to clean it up. He needs to get better. He needs to be the guy that uh, the Raiders thought he was going to be when they drafted him in the first round. I still think that the physical attributes are there. I think he wants it. Uh, I think that he's you know smart enough, plenty smart enough to pull it off. He just needs to kind of hone it down a little bit or tone it down a little bit. Uh, yeah. There's over aggressive aspects uh, to his game that. You know, he wasn't even he wasn't able to get away with some of that in college. There was a reason why, um, you know, he lasted uh, to where he was in in that first round. There were some not red flags, but some concerns, you know, about um, y- you know uh, some of his kind of over aggressive tendencies, which can get you in trouble. <laughs> so much of football is trickery and 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 making you pay for making the wrong uh, assumption or the or being over aggressive. That's what they want sometimes so they could beat you on a double move. They could beat you on a cutback. Uh, they could beat you on, you know, just by by using you against yourself and not your talent, your aggressiveness. So that's something that he needs to tone down. I think what what really helps a Jonathan Abram is who the coaches are now defensively. Uh, they uh, Gus Bradley has a history. He played defensive back in college. He knows the position. Um, you know, uh, and, and going back to his days as a linebacker coach um, and then a defensive coordinator, he's always shown um, uh, you know an ability to to build. Uh, qual- not just build, but develop quality secondaries. And and between his tutelage and knowledge and teaching and coaching uh, and what you're going to get from a Ron Miles, uh, the new defensive backs coach, uh, the new secondary coach who has a long and distinguished uh, tra- track record of development and teaching and putting guys in the right place. Uh, I mean, like if, if, if Jonathan Abram can't respond to that, then it's trouble. You know, then they're going to have to, in a year or so, start looking for a, a new strong safety. Uh, but he has that going for him. If he could just absorb it, listen to it, and execute it, he has everything else that you need um, in terms of attributes uh, to be a good player, to be a good solid player, uh, you know, in, in the NFL. Uh, now he just has to do it. And if he can, boy, does that clear up a huge issue <laughs> for the Raiders uh, in well, their secondary. Yeah, Vinny, and all, you know the scheme's going to help him too. He's going to be in the box more in in Bradley's system. You know, I think it's going to protect him a little bit. It's going to allow him to get more aggressive and and attack the line of scrimmage more. And you know, hopefully, he can take better angles in there as opposed to being you know flying down the field. We're going to have a single high back there. He's he's going to be in the box more and be able to utilize more of his strengths. I think in there. That is such an important uh, um, point that you just made. Uh, how he, where he's going to be lined up uh, more consistently this year in this defensive alignment, in this defensive scheme, allowing him 
to play to his strengths closer to the line of scrimmage uh, where, you know, he can be a force in the run game. And in the pass game, he doesn't have to defend large portions of the field. You can put him in exactly. closer quarters, um, you know, and, and, and protect him from, from that. Not everyone has the same skill set. Not everyone can do, uh, you know, the, 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 the same thing. And there's player, all players have strengths and weaknesses. And part of great coaching is, is accentuating strengths and trying to minimize weaknesses. Every player has a weakness. There, aren't, there isn't a perfect player, except maybe Lawrence Taylor was kind of a perfect player. But uh, in terms of everything that he could do on the football field, off the field, it was a little uh, chaotic uh, for him. But that's part of coaching is accentuating strengths and minimizing weaknesses, and everybody uh, has them. TJ, I really appreciate the call. Uh, thanks appreciate so much. Um, and we'll, we'll keep an eye on, on where all this heads uh, as far as the draft. You're listening to uh, In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bajara. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. It is a Tuesday. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor brought to you by Tequila uh, Embajador. Uh, taking a look at uh, Mel Kuyper's latest uh, draft, along with, um, uh, yeah, uh, Mel Kuyper's uh, latest draft, uh, with, along with Todd McShay. Um, interesting, interesting draft. I'll just run it through uh, here for you guys, um, if you're interested. At number 17, Trevor Morig, uh, the safety from uh, TCU, obviously fills a, a big-time need. Um, and uh, is arguably the best free safety prospect or safety prospect uh, in this draft. So I uh, can't complain. It's a little high uh, for a safety, but there obviously is a big-time need uh, for the Raiders at that position. Do you pull the trigger on Trevor at number 17? Well, uh, Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper certainly think that uh, that would be a worthwhile pick. Uh, down to number 48, I'm not sure uh, how I feel about this pick, Um but let's go ahead and, uh, and and read it off. At number 48, the Las Vegas uh, Raiders, according to Todd McShay, this is his pick um, in this exercise. Uh, Kelvin Joseph, the cornerback from Kentucky. He also mentioned uh, Texas's Samuel Cosme uh, or North Dakota State's Dylan uh, Radnuds, uh, Raduns, uh, as both of them are offensive tackles that can uh, be there at number 48. So um, let's let's talk about those first two picks. Uh, uh, Trevor Morig at number 17, I think a solid pick at a uh, big-time need uh, for, the, for the Raiders. I uh, can't complain uh, with that. And then at 48, I'm not feeling Kelvin Joseph, uh, the cornerback from Kentucky, uh, but Samuel Cosme uh, or North Dakota State's uh, Dylan Raduns. Yes, uh, I am feeling both of those picks. So there you have those two picks in 48 and with 48 and number 17 figuring out your uh, offensive tackle and your safety position um, you know with those with those two picks now you go down to the third round and remember the Raiders have two third round picks thanks to uh, the trade of uh, Gabe Jackson to the Seattle Seahawks uh, you go down here to those picks uh, according to Todd and uh, Mel number 79 uh, this is Mel Kuyper making this pick Spencer Brown uh, the tackle from Northern Iowa I love that pick 
Uh, I'm huge on Spencer Brown, um, and I think that uh, he's definitely somebody that the Raiders have have their eye on. Just a big six foot nine athlete uh, from Northern Iowa. Played a lot of basketball in high school. Was a zero star recruit coming out of high school. Uh, that happens sometimes, especially you know living where he was living uh, there in Iowa. Uh, but uh, goes to college and puts the work in. Uh, became, becomes an NFL caliber player, and I've ha- I have talked to uh, people in the NFL like, hey, you know, because I saw him at the Senior Bowl, and I'm like, um, this dude looks really good. Uh, who is this guy? You know, oh, that's Spencer Brown, uh, the offensive tackle from Northern Iowa, who's built like, I mean, six foot eight, six foot nine. Uh, he kind of looks like Colt Miller a-, a little bit in terms of uh, body type. Uh, and just a tremendous, tremendous athlete, and he tested off the charts athletically uh, at the scouting combine. So uh, I would love that pick uh, if you're the Raiders uh, of Spencer Brown and a lot of people in the NFL because, you know, when I did see him, just kind of, you know, hit up some people that I know like, hey, am I seeing it right with Spencer Brown? Oh, yeah, Uh, he could play in the NFL and could have a long career in the NFL. And then uh, at number 80, uh, and this is it flips back to uh, Todd McShay, uh, Levi Onswarzriki from uh, I'm just going to call him Levi, the big defensive tackle from Washington. By the way, um, not a bad pick there, uh, you know, at, at defensive tackle. Um, I don't know if he would come in day one uh, and be a be a starter or be an impact guy, but. If you look at the way a lot of the contracts are constructed uh, for the Raiders in terms of who they uh, picked up in free agency, a lot of one-year deals. Uh, obviously, they, they released Maurice Hurst. So uh, they, they need a plan beyond just uh, 2021. And a guy like Levi uh, from, from, um, uh, from Washington, uh, who has gotten a lot of love too and can play without question, uh, is, is somebody that I think – uh, could have a solid, uh, you know, Im- make a solid impact early and, you know, later on down the road when some of these uh, one-year deal guys uh, filter through and uh, and move on uh, after after next season. Uh, Todd McShay, his, his um, you know, description of Levi, this is a really good uh, depth ad for the Raiders. He's super disruptive and can rotate with Quentin Jefferson, Jonathan Hankins, and Solomon Thomas on the inside of the Raiders' 4-3 defense. Uh, and, and, yeah, just hearing those names, Quentin Jefferson, Jonathan Hankins, Solomon Thomas. Don't forget Darius uh, Phylon, another defensive tackle. Don't forget David Irving, uh, another defensive tackle uh, that's that's on board. The Raiders really did double down, triple down, really, uh, at defensive tackle and interior defense um, to try to come up with a rotation. I was talking to somebody today about what the Raiders did uh, along the defensive line, and you know, just in terms of creating depth, creating competition, um, trying to ensure that throughout the course of a game, and we've talked about this quite a bit, throughout the course of a game, you're keeping guys fresh. The goal being uh, you want your best players uh, as physically sound um, and 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 still got a lot of gas, you know, got enough uh, gas left in the tank when it gets to those critical moments in the fourth quarters when you need your best players out there, and not just out there, but in good position uh, to make plays. How do you do that in a rigorous sport like football? Well, you 
have enough players that on a on a snap by snap basis you can rely on you can put in there so you could cut down Max Crosby's uh, snaps you can cut down um, you know whether it's Jefferson or Hankins or Thomas or Irving or Phylon whoever whoever the starters are in that combination um, you can you can um, uh, you know manage those snaps by having two quality guys behind those two guys by having same thing with you know on the outside with Yannick Ngakwe and Max Crosby and Cleve Farrell uh, and and you know you, you still have Carl Nassib uh, in that in that rotation so you're going to be able to with those four defensive ends and with the four uh, or five really defensive tackles be able to utilize a. Um, uh, a, a rotation, a quality rotation. Now, I'm not guaranteeing that guys like Quinton Jefferson and Solomon Thomas and Darius Phylon uh, and David Irving and Jonathan Hankins. Um, I'm not guaranteeing anything with any of those guys. Uh, but if you look at their track records, uh, even a Solomon Thomas, who was a um, you know decent piece on a Super Bowl team uh, back in a couple of years ago with the San Francisco 49ers and now uh, you know playing that uh, uh, three technique that he's expected to play almost exclusively here with the Raiders his best position if you go back to college it was a position that he dominated in college go watch the tape of Solomon Thomas at Stanford I know it's not the NFL but just go watch it and tell me that this guy, there's got to, somebody needs to be able to unlock uh, what hasn't been able to be unlocked consistently in the NFL. He's just too good. Uh, he's got too many physical attributes, and maybe now moving to a position that he's more comfortable with and playing him there fairly consistently or almost exclusively, as opposed to what the San Francisco 49ers did by moving him uh, around uh, the defensive line and as a result, really not being able to tap into everything that his potential suggests is there. Uh, maybe, you know, coming to the Raiders, no more pressure of being the third overall pick in the NFL draft and all those all those expectations. Uh, maybe he settles down at his position and becomes a dependable uh, player, along with uh, all the other guys that we named. And you talk about versatility, you talk about depth, uh, and and a rotation that's going to get you through games and get you through the season. We're going to go out to the Raider Nation guest li- or listener line. Uh, Sean is in Henderson, our neck of the woods, uh, here at the facility uh, in Henderson. How you doing, Sean? Hey, doing great, Vinny. Thanks for taking my call. I wanted to say something about the defense. I think coaching really matters. I'm excited about Gus Bradley. I just don't feel like Gunther's guys looked like they were taught well and they just didn't look coached up. I mean, I think the pieces are, are not as bad as, you know, the national media would think. I mean, obviously, Farrell, I like I like Farrell. I like Arnett. Arnett was playing dinged up with the cast on his hand. He, was, he, he really was a tough guy playing through pain, and he's now criticized because he didn't grade out well. well. You know, he never had a chance to play healthy. I think Littleton's going to show that he's actually a really good player when coached. And uh, so I think there's guys that we have pieces that have been maligned that are going to respond to the good coaching. And I'm kind of even excited about I think Tanner Muse is a guy that they like. He may be a, a core special team guy, but he was hurt from Jump Street, and maybe he does uh, fill a backup role. So I'd just like to hear your comments on how Bradley's coaching may affect guys that didn't perform as well last year. Yeah, I don't think there's any question about it. I, I listen. You know, uh, I, I refer back to to my Rams coverage days, uh, but it was it was 
it's it's interesting when I look back. Um, look at 2016, the Rams come back and they were horrible. They were, I think, they were three and 13 or four and 12. I forget what it was, but it was to the point where Los Angeles was like, "Wait a minute, we waited this long for football, and that's what we have." It looked like the Rams were years and years away. All right, um, but then they make a coaching change and they bring in you know Sean McVay. There was talent that was there on. Uh, on the football team, and they made some key additions. Robert Woods, um, you know, the big right tackle or left tackle uh, that they got for uh, Andrew Whitworth. Uh, they made some key moves uh, offensively, but a, a lot of it was still players that they brought back. Uh, and then, uh, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, uh, it really wasn't that many changes. They just, you know, were able to coach him up a little bit better. Wade Phillips comes in uh, as the defensive coordinator, and I saw what can happen when the right leadership is in place. And I look at this Raiders defense, I think the offense is going to be fine. I think John Gruden has a good handle on this offense. I know it wasn't perfect last year. Uh, Obviously, they need to improve uh, in the red zone. They have to overcome some losses along the offensive line. Uh, But I think uh, the right coaches, the right uh, vision – and it is in place offensively. The right quarterback is in place. Uh, I think that Kenyon Drake is going to make a big difference. Um, you know, uh, so I think the offense is, is is fine. There's some things that they need to get together, obviously, uh, but I think they're okay defensively. I'm with you, uh, Sean. I think defensively there was a disconnect. It just wasn't happening defensively, and it looked like guys weren't on the same page. It looked, frankly, like there were times where guys weren't quite sure what they were doing, what they were supposed to do. Uh, it, obviously, there were times, and, and Lincoln would talk about this often, where you know he would see defense, some defensive backs playing one coverage scheme, other defensive backs playing another coverage scheme. So there was miscommunication, uh, and and at some point, you know, you have to start looking at what was going on with the coaching, the messaging the communication, the teaching, all of those things, uh, at some point you have to take a serious look at. And, you know, I think the the, the Raiders, I'm not pointing any fingers at Paul Gunther. Um, I wasn't here long enough to really, you know, get a good feel uh, for that. But obviously the, uh, the results weren't there. They made changes. They made a lot of changes going from 2019 to 2020. Um, and it just didn't take hold. And at some point the coach has to take responsibility for that. He paid the ultimate price. He got fired. They bring in somebody that when you when you compare Paul Gunther's track record and background uh, to Gus Bradley, it's polar opposite. You have a guy now in Gus Bradley, and not just Gus Bradley. I keep mentioning the names Ron Milas and Richard Smith, the new linebacker coach. Ron Milas is the new secondary coach. And Rod Marinelli, uh, I know he got a lot of heat last year because the defensive line underperformed as a group. Um, but he was also answering to and taking orders from and following the lead of Paul Gunther, the defensive coordinator. So, you know, Rod Marinelli has been at this long enough. He knows his role was the defensive line coach. He wasn't the defensive coordinator. So um, at the end of the day, you have to follow orders when you're the assistant coach. So you're, you're, you're following the orders uh, and the vision of what the defensive coordinator uh, had in mind. We saw when Rod Marinelli became the defensive coordinator uh, those last few games, the defense actually did play a little bit better. And I think guys got settled down a little bit more, Corey Littleton among them. So I think Rod Marinelli coaching under Gus Bradley, and there's 
mutual respect there. There's a track record there. Um, they, they know each other really well. Uh, Gus Bradley has always used um, Rod Marinelli as, a, as a, uh, you know, somebody to lean on, somebody to learn from, somebody to talk to, an asset. Uh, so when you, when you combine a Gus Bradley and his track record with a Ron Miles and his track record and a Richard Smith and his track record and Rod Marinelli, a track record that, that frankly speaks for itself, you got to figure that the teaching and the coaching is just going to move up to a higher level. And you know, and you have to figure if you're connecting the dots that should have an effect on the quality of play, the level of play, the production, the connection. Uh, I don't think we're going to see as many times where, you know, defensive players are running into each other cuz they're just not on the same page. Now, uh, we can also talk about the fact that this will be a different offseason compared to last year. Yes. Uh, the Raiders, like a lot of like uh, you know a handful of other teams and many others, I think will follow suit, um, are skipping the on-field in-person aspect of OTAs. We'll see if it really gets to that point when you know on-field is, is 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 right in front of us. It isn't right now. It will be in about a month. Um, we'll see if if that's still the stance by the NFL Players Association. But even if it is, this is still vastly different. You know, I'm I'm, I'm here broadcasting today. From the Red from the Raiders facility, uh, and we'll get into this a, a little bit more. Um, but the parking lot was full. There are players here today uh, participating in OTAs to the extent that they're allowed in the weight room, out on the field, getting some work in. The, the buildings were not available to teams last year at this point. Remember, everything was closed down due to COVID. So even though there's an element that's going to be still kind of taken away uh, with the in-person uh, aspect phase of OTAs, there's still a lot of resources that are available to players this year as opposed to last year because COVID-19, we're, we're moving further and further away from COVID-19. So it'll be a little bit more of a traditional uh, kind of off-season program where at least guys have access to the building. And I think that's going to make, uh, a, 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 a hopefully, uh, for the Raiders purposes, a big difference, and specifically on that defense. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. When we get back, we'll continue to talk about trades, trade up, trade down. Who do you want the Raiders to pick at number 17? Who do you want the Raiders to pick at number 48? We will talk about it when we get back. Listening to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Now back to your host, Vinny Bonsignor. Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. It is a Tuesday. Beautiful weather here in the last few days in Las Vegas. Um, you know, funny, my, my mother-in-law uh, followed the family from California uh, to, to, to Las Vegas and uh, has been here a couple months now, you know, and so oh, saw her today. It's so hot. And I'm like, you don't even know. Hot? This is beautiful. This is perfect. It was in the 80s uh, again today, probably like 85 degrees, I believe. Uh, so, yeah, it's not hot. You're going to rue the day that you said 85 was hot. In about two months, if that, um, it's going to get really, really hot. Uh, this is literally the only place that I've ever been where um, 101 feels really good. 
seriously, 101 feels really good. Almost like you got to put a jacket on. Uh, after sitting there for about eight straight days and 115 and 114, 101 feels lovely. Uh, but um, I, I got to say, even with the heat, love it here. Been here for uh, just over a year now. Uh, a whole bunch of my friends from California or my fellow Californians are moving here. And, uh, uh, and and I know why. I could see why. It's a great place to raise a family. It's a great neighborhood. What's what's that? Is uh, is Bobby? Does Bobby want to talk? Is, are you? Aha! I thought Bobby was trying to give me grief about my love for Las Vegas because uh, sometimes Demond will jump in. Uh, a different producer today because Demond is on to other things today. So uh, we're gonna go out to the call. How you doing, Brian? From where? Where are we calling from? Uh, I love it. All right, so uh, what do we got, New Englander? Uh, yeah, so I want to talk about the 17th pick there. What you got? Where you want to so, go? What, what direction uh, do you want to go with that number seven? You want to I keep it? I hear a lot of people, you know, are interested in the in the linebackers there, and uh, you know, game changes. And I just want to say, I saw Josh Jacobs get hit behind the line at scrimmage so many times last year because Sam Young just didn't even try. <laughs> and I saw, I mean, Derek Carr, everyone talks about his fumbles, but I mean, any quarterback's expecting your right tackle to at least get a hand on a guy. And so, I mean, my opinion is we need to get one of them top right tackles. And it's, it's not a flashy game changer, like a linebacker, but I mean, that would make the world of a difference. That's my opinion on that, on, on our first pick. Okay, so uh, so tackle at number seventeen. Um, who are we looking at? Chris and Darasaw, That's my favorite. Uh, I, well, my favorite tackle is Penny Sewell from uh, Oregon, but he's not going to be there. So, uh, Chris right. and Darasaw. I, I like Darasaw a lot. I wouldn't be upset if we moved up a little bit to get Slater if he if you know if he got past ten eleven around there. Okay. Um, I like Darasaw. I really like, Darasaw is someone that I think can come in and play right away. What about Tevin Jenkins? Uh, I like him too. That he's got a, he's got a, a a mean streak to him, you know. He kind of he kind of watching tape. He kind of fits the Raiders' image, doesn't he? I mean, the way he yeah, plays. He, he really look. Yeah, that guy would look good in silver and black over there. And you know the the thing is, he's played a lot of right tackle, so uh, you know he's got experience playing that position. Um, and true, I, I mean, I, I think Darasaw could move over, but yeah, you're right. About you're right there too. You know. All right. So, do you have any? Okay, you, you get your tackle at number seventeen. Where are you going with number forty-eight? I I like the safety Grant. I really like him. I, I don't think he's the best safety per se, but I think he's the best one that fits that that you know center field. Gus Bradley, kind of what we need there. Yeah, I agree. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, uh, with the first two picks, you have solved the biggest needs for the Raiders, right tackle and safety. I don't think any Raider fan can argue uh, if it's just – if, if, Hey, I, I wouldn't be mad if we took, you know, uh, the linebacker there, Parsons. I wouldn't be mad. But my opinion is, you know, we got to get that right tackle because uh, – the rest of the line, of course, I'm upset about Hudson and, and Gabe, but we got people that can play. The right tackle there, I mean, Sam Young, I'd rather have my 10-year-old daughter go in there than <laughs> Sam Young. That guy was – There I were some issues. Down. I'm sure he's a great person, but, I mean, I don't want him 
I don't well, want and, him and you know, in in Sam's defense, uh, you know, he 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 signs with the Raiders to basically be the swing tackle. Um, you know, if he didn't play one snap, you know, I, nobody here would have blinked an eye, including him. I don't think he expected to play as many snaps as he played last year uh, due to Trent Brown and all his um, shenanigans with the injuries and everything like that. So uh, he got forced into action. Uh, he tried to hold his own. Uh, he also played banged up. I know that as well. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. They need to – there's no way they can come out of this draft – um, or post free, post draft free agency without solidifying uh, that right tackle position because right. I mean know, I, I would love if they would have signed uh, you know one of them tackles from from Kansas City but you know the money's not there so you got to get one of these guys in with that first pick you know yeah and I'm I'm dubious on um, Schwartz where, whether he's going to play football this year I just have a, a, a feeling based on what I'm hearing that. Uh, he might not be ready to go. Maybe it's the back injury, or maybe he's just going to retire. Uh, but hey, I appreciate the call. Uh, don't be a stranger. Uh, like your plan, right tackle in the first round, safety in the second round. Uh, I wouldn't say that the day is over, but uh, you know, it's it's uh, the Raiders would be in really good uh, a, a really good position if they're able to get the uh, the tackle and the safety with those first two picks, and then after that, uh, fill other holes. Uh, create some depth. Uh, I think you'd be in a really, really good spot. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador.